Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Mr. Ken Miller. How are you today, Ken? I am well, Wendy. How are you? I am hot. It is hot and humid and I, here in the big ATL. <laughs> so, hot in her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is that time. It happens. It does, but I'm sure you're living life in nice, cool. Well, you know, you can't complain when it's 75 degrees outside and nice, cool breeze coming in through the bay. So yeah. I am lucky. Feel bad for you. Feel bad. So anyway, <clears throat> anywho, moving forward, today's topic is going to be one that actually piggybacks off one that we did last week. We got a lot of really great feedback, so we really do appreciate uh, you guys reaching out and asking us questions and letting us know topics that you want us to cover. So this week, we are going to answer some of your questions. And if you missed us last week, we talked a lot about flexibility and the best ways that you can prepare your body in order to get better range of motion. So then you get like more out of your workout. Well, this week, we are going to talk about how to activate muscles to maintain that range of motion before you work out because that seemed to be some of the questions that we got. Like, how exactly do I do this? Well, today we are going to go over that. And hopefully after this wonderful session and podcast, you're going to feel a lot better when you go into the gym and know exactly what to do. What do yeah, think? I think, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, talking to actually talking to my cousin who we were talking about flexibility and warming because he's still one of those meathead guys. Sorry, Glenn. Um, he's still... <laughs> He's still one of those guys that likes to do the bench and the pull down and the squats and just a bunch of power lifting. But when I joked around about, okay, just, you know, doing your shoulder circles and then starting off with a lightweight and then progressing up to a heavier weight. And that's what you considered your warm up. Well, he's like, well, that's, there's more to that. I'm like, yeah, you know, you got a foam roll, you got to get a little bit of length and then, and then we got to activate some of those core muscles, you know? So if you're going to do, let's say a bench day, we're doing a lot of pressing or push day. Well, what are you doing to help turn on those muscles that are there for the purpose of stabilizing your shoulder? So if you want a, a bigger bench or a bigger pull up uh, or do more of those exercises, well, hey, <clears throat> what are you doing to help show the shoulders that, hey, we could do more work. And we started talking about more uh, regarding, you know, how you're going to warm up for specific workouts. So it's not just about doing a total body warm up, but if you have plans and intentions, like you said, Monday is International Chess Day. And yes. so that's a that's a pretty specific motion, right? All I'm going to do today is push things away from me. Right. And then bring it back down to me I'll push things away from me again. I'm going to bring it back down to. Me. So how are you preparing your body for that for that specific motion? Because, again, if you have a chest day, well, you're going to have a pull day and you might have a lower body day. So we're going to talk about some things on, you know, things you can do to get your body in the best, put your body in the best position possible for that workout. And the warm up, once you get past flexibility, like what we discussed in our last episode, um, what are you going to do now to turn things on? And that's and that, I think, is one of those things that as we, you know, and, you know, I know when you travel and you go to the gym, you start watching people work out. It's the same thing. They'll spend the five minutes on the treadmill and then they'll start picking up some dumbbells, doing curls and things like that. So there's no real intention in the warm up 
for what you want to do during the workout. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, um, when it comes to random fitness, yeah, warm ups are so random that you know <laughs> you can't you can't really call them a warm up for for the most part. But well, if they're done, I mean meat. that's yeah. just it. And I think that was the big that was the big takeaway. We found out last week there's a lot of people that just do exactly what we said: come in, drop your keys, go on the you know, piece of cardio equipment, warm up for five minutes, do your, you know, sun's out, guns out. And then after that, they, you know, shower and leave. And uh, unfortunately, we found out that our producer is one of those people as well. So hopefully we're going to embed this in his brain that that is not ideal. And so, I mean, when you're thinking about it, Ken, you know, it is, there's a lot. And if you don't have a background in fitness and you're really not sure about biomechanics, I mean, without getting really sciencey, it's pretty simple. If you notice that, you know, you've got a forward head or rounded shoulders or you're sitting a lot throughout the day, then we talked about this, you know, last week, you want to actually stretch those muscles because you know that they're really tight and really short. And so in order to stretch them, you know, we gave you some some good ideas and ways of doing that. But if you just stretch one side of a joint, so remember, you know, got certain muscles that are on one side that are going to be short, the other ones are going to be lengthened, and that's why you've got this imbalance. But if you stretch out the side that's shortened, but you don't actually get the other side to do its job, then it's going to tighten right back up, and you're going to follow um, the same, you know, they always say it's like the insanity thing. You do things over and over again, you know, the same way, hoping for a different change, and, and it doesn't happen. So if you're sitting on your tush, Stretch your hips and activate the big house. It's all about the glutes. Glutes are right. very important on not only how they look, but obviously on performance. We need your glutes when you walk. You need your glutes when you run. And you need your glutes when you do pretty much everything in life. Plus, who wants right. saggy butt? Who wants a saggy butt? <laughs> I know I don't. Um, but I needed help from the beginning, from day one anyway. Uh, so, so yeah, so, you know, in, in looking at flexibility, yeah, you, you get your range of motion, you, you open up the hips, the front of the hips specifically. Now it's time to turn on the big house, you know, your, you know, your J-Lo. You got to turn on that backside. So from, from there, um, you know, that's where you start to come into your typical, uh, you know, your, your classical hip exercises like your floor bridge, ball bridge, um, clamshells, sideline straight leg raises. But, you know, it's it's kind of like the way I look at the hips, Wendy, is is like, you know, when you have computer problems and you go to your IT guy and they say, did you, did you restart your computer? It's like, oh, OK, let me, you know, did you did you power down? It's like, oh, sorry, I forgot to do that. <clears throat> That's the same thing with a lot of issues. So if you have knee issues, foot and ankle issues, and, and I'm, I might be oversimplifying it, low back issues, what's one of our resets for the body? Let's turn on the hips. Let's open up the front and turn on the backside. And a lot of these issues that happen below the hips and above the hips regarding the low back, then you know that winds up being our reset. So turning on those hips. So if I'm gonna do a big leg day, I want to turn on the glutes, right? Mm -hmm. So that's when I'm going to get on my that's when I'm going to get on my back, hinge at the hip, activate the glutes. But on the you know when we talk about bench pressing and pushing, well, if I want to get my front side to be mechanically in a better position, I want to get myself in a position where my shoulders are stacked up, right, right on my rib cage, and I want to make sure that my shoulder blades do what they're supposed to do, right? My rotator cuffs are fired up. The lower part of my my shoulder blade muscles, my my lower part of the traps, 
the rhomboid area, I'm turning those guys on. And that's what we need to turn on in, in the warm up. That's what we need to activate. So, and, and in all those areas, well, both of those areas, the glutes and, you know, those muscles between the shoulder blades, rotator cuff, those are still considered core muscles. So when we say activate the core, it's more than just, you know, what we're looking at here. What we are looking at is, okay, what are the areas in the shoulder and the hips that are gonna help us stabilize and be strong through those joints that are gonna be doing a lot of the work. Yeah, thank you, great, you know, bring up some great points. And I'm sorry, I've got some some dogs barking in the background here, but uh, you know, and, and a key point to what you're saying is, you know, you, you listed some specific exercises. For example, you know, when we're talking about the glutes, you were talking about doing bridges and then, you know, certain, you know, hip hinging type motions. And that's going to really activate because it's more specific. And I think that's the big key is you want to be very specific in your targeting because there are certain muscles that are going to work your quads and your glutes, such as your squats and such as your lunges. But if you don't have really good joint alignment, because again, you're, you're trying to get that um, joint back into proper position then you're probably going to feel pain in your knee, your foot's going to go and turn out and you're not going to get the, you know, the maximal contraction, which is going to lead to better results and performance unless you really kind of look at, well, hey, if my bicep is on one side, my triceps on the other, if I stretch my bicep, then I might want to actually work my, my tricep if it was something that was going on there um, with, let's say, my elbow joint. And so just, I mean, again, it doesn't, you don't have to really know every specific muscle or, you know, what it does. Just look at like, okay, if I stretch the front of this, what's on the complete opposite side and how can I just really, you know, do specific things for that. Now we also did our podcast a while back on, you know, as seen TV or exercises to maybe avoid. So I don't, I personally strongly suggest and I can't say don't or shouldn't or never strongly suggest not doing some of these activation exercises on a fixed piece of equipment. Um, unless you are talking, like you said about like, you know, doing some maybe rows or lat pull downs or something specifically for the back. But when it comes to the glutes, you know, it's a, it's a ball and socket joint when you're thinking about your hip. So if you can move it a little bit more freely, you're probably going to get a better outcome. Yep. And you're again, you're listening to us here on the Random Fit podcast on ramping up your warm up. So we're talking about concepts that we should all understand as far as what we need to do to get our bodies set up properly for the workout. So um, great points, Wendy. And I think, you know, as far as getting those muscles turned on, getting those stabilizers fired up so that we could produce more force and reduce force, i.e., pick up heavier weights or run faster. Um, I think one of the things that uh, that goes into the warm up that I wind up talking about more so that kind of gets people, you know, taken aback, like, really, we got to do that is balance. So when we talk uh, about, yeah, once we turn things on, we get, you know, we, we turn on those core muscles. Um, but now it's time for balance. Now we got to teach the body to work as a single unit. And it's a great way to get and we talked about the glutes. We can't talk about the glutes enough. Um, but once we get those glutes turned on through, like like we're talking about with the bridges, for example, now we have to teach that region of the body to work with what's below it and what's above it. So one of the things that makes that happen really, really efficiently and well is exor or exercises that you do on a single leg. So when I bring that up to my athletes, like, why not, why not have to stand on mm -hmm. one leg? Well, 
here's the thing. There's a lot of coordination going on when you stand on one leg, but when you think about just this, the, the gait cycle, when you walk across a room, about 85% of that gait cycle is spent on one leg, right? And this is a perspective I like to throw at people. It's like, you spend, you know, that percentage of time when you walk on one leg, we should know how well you can stabilize and balance on that one leg. So there's a lot of, a lot going on as far as your, your, your core stability, your balance, your ability, your ability of your hip to coordinate, you know, a swinging leg, rotating trunk, um, reducing for, you know, once that foot strikes, then there's a lot of changes that happen with your center of gravity. So when you learn how to balance and balance well, not saying that you're going to be a trapeze artist or walk across a high wire act and, and, and you got to stand on one leg there. No, it's just about, okay, how well can we coordinate the hip with the rest of the body? Mm -hmm. and, and I think we take balance exercises for granted because you got to think about all the muscles that are surrounding, you know, the foot and ankle joint. And to your point, because we spend most of our time on our feet, if we're not on our tush, then, um, you know, we should work the muscles that are going to support our body. So our poor feet and ankles and everything have to support mm -hmm. the momentum of force that we're producing when you're walking, running, jumping, you know, turning, doing all the stuff that you mentioned. Plus, if you take, you know, take two steps back and, you know, you've you've activated your core, you've got the little muscles to work. Now you're working on these little muscles that protect like the foot and ankle complex that, like you said, is going to try to start integrating, you know, proper alignment and movement. It's really difficult. And I will tell you for training and teaching for NASM, when we go and teach our classes and we did live workshops, one of the things that I actually made me laugh out loud was when we would do some of these just basic, let's stand on one foot, think about proper arch alignment, work, you know, keep yourself in good alignment and then just move your, your floating leg. Yeah. How many times people are like, oh my goodness, my foot is burning. I'm like, yeah. because you're actually working muscles that you're not used to working. And so, you know, when you're thinking about just, you know, even trainers alone, sometimes we take that for granted. But if you also look at the statistics of the importance of balance, especially as we age, um, it's it's it really is something that carries over to activities of daily living. And it's a really like important part, especially if you're going to be doing lunges and squats and stuff that are more dynamic when you're getting into your actual workout just doing one set of like single leg balance with reaches or single leg squats or something with perfect alignment that really does target a lot of really good muscles. That's going to help execute things that you're going to need in your workout. Yeah. And that, that, that is usually the, the one part of the workshops when we were teaching live workshops mm -hmm. that I look forward to, you know, you know, not okay. to show people where they're incompetent, but when it that comes to balance, sometimes. Yeah, when it comes to balance, <laughs> you know, that that's when you expose a lot of weaknesses and, especially in avid exercisers, some of the, some of the people that have uh, the populations that have kind of a lot of work to do on balance, Wendy is like runners, right? Even though they're, they're, they're running, they're, they're on their feet all the time, just to get them to stand still and stabilize and hold for a lot of people, that's, that's a, a very foreign activity to them. So what you're talking about, it's like, man, are my feet supposed to burn that much? Mm -hmm. Or even just, even their hip, right? Mm -hmm. So their glutes fired up, well, which is great, right? It just shows them you got to, you know, there's, there's other things you can do to improve performance outside of doing more running, doing more lifting. But once you get the foot and ankle, as you mentioned it, and the hip to work better together through a balance exercise, like you said, 
a single leg, just a balance and reach, holding that for 30 seconds, shoulders level, hips level, and then that, that, that leg that's in the air, reaching forward, reaching to the side, reaching back, rotating and reaching. Um, that's a lot for the hip to coordinate if you're not used to doing that. So for a lot of people, it's a great, great place to start. You can stay with what you're doing, you know, working out at the level you're working out at. But, you know, this is one of those things that at any point you want to start doing balance, it's never a bad time to start. It really isn't. And one thing that I even do with my clients, I'm like, okay, here's your challenge for the day because, you know, you're obviously going to work a little bit harder when you don't have your shoes on. And so I'm like, what I want you to do, you know, this week, every time you brush your teeth, because obviously two minutes, that's, you know, what, what we should be doing or on average, how long you should brush your teeth. So for one minute on one side, on another minute, the other side, just have them single leg stance while they're brushing their teeth. So they're having to do other things, but then still focus on proper balance. And when we say balance, it's not just, can you stand on one foot? Like we want you to stand on one foot, really think about proper arch alignment, look at make sure your foot is nice and straight and then at that point you know doing other stuff can you maintain proper alignment because that's really where you're going to get the the best benefit and i mean just little things like that because you know we're mm -hmm. already going to be brushing our teeth so why not add some component to it so it doesn't even have to be something that you do at the gym but i just wanted to throw that out there that you know if you can sprinkle in some extra like accidental exercises going to benefit you long term why not how about washing oh. dishes how about oh. washing dishes? Dude, every time I call you, you're always washing dishes. So I just want you guys uh, to know Ken is a like male dishwasher. Every time I'm talking to him, which is quite often because of all that we we do together at work, he is always washing up washing dog dishes. I think I'm always well, picking up dog poop, but there you go. <laughs> well, that's the only time I have to to talk to you is like, okay, well, what can I do? I'm gonna wash some dishes. Uh, oh yeah. Oh look, Wendy's calling. Or it's like, oh, you know, that was a good time to call Wendy. Uh, but um, from from that standpoint, yeah, I, I like that. Um, brushing your teeth. How about flossing? Try that on one leg. Dude, I, um, I got to focus on flossing. I don't know if my, I can stand on one leg and then get it all right. I don't know. <laughs> if, my, if my dentist is listening, you're probably going right. Yeah, you floss. Right. And <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, try flossing on two legs first. Yeah, um, well, you know, do we need to have one on like hygiene, like, you know, things that you need to do? Yeah. I don't know. Coming up. Brush, your, <laughs> brush your teeth for two minutes and floss every once in a while. Um, uh, let's try yeah. daily, but okay. <laughs> Or Marty Miller, like every time you eat oh, something, lunch. Fresh, I know, no, he's going to kill us. I hope no one's listening to this one. <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of trouble. But uh, but yeah, so here's the deal. Like I think so far what we've talked about is, you know, obviously last week we talked a lot about the flexibility. Then think about activating the small muscles that are going to help keep the joints in proper alignment. So oftentimes we call some of that like doing more activation or core, you know, core work. The little muscles of the core too are going to be really important so it's always the muscles that you don't see and i know you know we actually got a lot of information from people asking if we could do some stuff on core which i think we actually should do coming soon but um you know really focusing on the little muscles proper alignment and really just trying to get the right muscles to fire at the right time no matter what it is that you're doing that's the ultimate like ultimate outcome i guess then we've got the balance so now we've 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 you know got little muscles to work in core we've got good balance why don't we talk a little bit about plyos so ken why don't you let me let me yeah. know your version of plyo yeah <laughs> well my version of plyometrics is now what we're trying to do is is get get the nervous system to be able to react 
right? So we're not talking about box jumps or things like that. You know, nothing to where you I need you to jump 10 feet from, from where you're standing right now. No, it's just about getting the nervous system to be able to react. So when we talk about plyometrics in the context of a warm up, we're just talking about, you know, first of all, how well can you slow down the body? How well can you decelerate? So here, what we're looking at is, you know, as an example, we're going to jump and land. And I want to see that you can land with good integrity. So that as you're landing back on the ground, your feet, knees, and hips are all going to be in line. Your knees aren't caving in, buckling in like your knees want to kiss, right? And you can do that with without arching the back excessively, leaning forward excessively. And like what we're talking about with core, all the right muscles are working at the right time, but quickly. So as I tell my clients, life moves fast and you have to move faster or be able to react faster. So when we talk about plyometrics, it's about, okay, can you produce force, i.e. jumping, but can you also reduce force efficiently, which also means can you land effectively? So with any new client that I have, even though, you know, no matter what level that they're coming to me, uh, as far as their level of competition, I'm going to see, can you jump well, right? Good alignment. And can you, more importantly, land well? So again, everything's in line, not too many compensations, because one of the things that can lead to compensation patterns is basically uh, lifting too much weight and moving too fast for what your body can handle. So when we talk about plyometrics, we're looking at, okay, can you move quickly with integrity? So again, in, in the context of the warm-up, that's something that we want to incorporate because life moves fast and you have to move fast along with it. Yes. And if you guys are just joining us, it is Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, and we are talking about ramping up your warm up. And so, you know, I think you, you bring up some really good points, uh, especially on the plyo side. And, you know, I always tell my clients that if, you know, the flexibility part, the core, the balance and the, the reactive or plyometric side of the game, that's just your warm up. Like we haven't started any of the workout yet. We are making sure your body is prepared. And I think this movement prep that we're kind of talking you guys through is seriously just trying to get muscles to wake up, you know, muscles, you know, well, muscles to lengthen first and muscles to wake up, get good balance. And then, like you said, adding motion. But, you know, people are like, why do I need to go through and do plyometrics? And then I'm holding on the ground. Well, first of all, when you're doing, you know, a hold at the bottom after you've jumped and you're you're doing this, you know, for 12 to 20 repetitions, it's really challenging. But then if you're constantly making sure that you realign yourself and do it over and over again, there's a lot of, you know, um, transformation and the things that you're doing daily. Well, that's first and foremost. Plus, I use the egg example. Like, have you ever used this one? So if I give you a raw egg. OK. Right. And um, or, or you ask me, hey, can you pass me an egg? And I throw it to you. I can either throw it to you and you catch it hard and wear it. Or I can throw it to you and you try to cradle the landing. So therefore it doesn't break and you're not wearing it. Well, it's the same thing kind of when you think about your, your alignment and your body and your joints, especially your spine. If you start landing hard, you're not landing on the right part of the foot, which is just right behind the ball of your foot in front of the arch. So it's a really small area. And if you bend your tennis, uh, your um, your uh, tennis shoe, you can see exactly where that shoe is, like where the bend is. That's where you want to land. Then what that does is help kind of 
really thinking about like bracing the the spine, you know, because you've got those discs and if you can actually cradle the landing and land without the impact, it's going to be better for those discs and better for your joints, better for everything that supports your skeletal system. And, uh, and it won't hurt. You guys have been there. How many times? I mean, I've done this all the time. You jump down and all of a sudden you get that sting in your foot. <laughs> that is what not to do. So therefore another reason that plyo should also be included. So you're saying that you would be an awesome egg tossing partner? Is that um, what you're saying? So yeah. I we, mean, can get it, we can make it at least to where we're 15, 15 yards apart. Dude, I can cradle like the best of them. You on the other hand, I don't know. I got soft hands. I got soft hands. Uh, okay. It's from all that dishwasher. I was going to say, I don't know, like a lot of time with water and soap, if you're not using the right soap, you may, or, or gloves. I use may. my Aquaphor at the end. I like to, you know, make sure my hands stay soft. But yeah, so the, enough about uh, my cleaning habits. Um, yeah, so the plyometrics, again, it's it's more than just for athletes, right? It's for, it's for everybody. And that's, and that's, I mean, you know, I, I'm not sure about you, but even for just wellness or, or people just trying to, to get healthier or get away from pain. When I tell when I tell them, okay, we're going to do some plyometrics. I'm like, what? We're going to do some clone drills. We're going to do some jumps. Things it's like, well, we'll do versions of that. But overall, if we want you to get healthy and stay healthy, we need to get you in better shape than what life is going to throw at you. Right. So when you talk about being able to cradle and <clears throat> slow down and, and not have that hard sting on the bottom of your foot, that's what it's about. So again, well, yeah, with think, plyometrics, it's, 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 it's something that everybody needs to be able to do. Yeah. And I think, I mean, to, just to keep piggybacking, cause it seems like that's all I've been doing today um, is uh, we're here for each other, Wendy. I know. Right. Help me help you. Um, but, you know, that's, I think, a, a really good point because you've got to think about in, in once again, if you guys don't have a trainer, you're sitting at home, but you're, you know, you're a fitness enthusiast and, you know, you think we rock. So you're listening to us. Think about how, how many times you have to cross the street. And especially if you have kids, you're having to grab hands. You've got, you know, your your purse or your backpack or their stuff. And you're trying to get them across the street in a very, very fast way. Or, oh, you know, you forgot something, you know, you're in the car, you have to hurry up and get out of your car, shut the door, run inside, grab something and come back because you're late for work or you forgot something that you really needed um, and we're short on time. Like you've got to think about what it is that you do daily and then what can you do in the gym to kind of, you know, like simulate those same type of movement patterns. So then you can train your body to do what it needs to do. And then you can go work out. Like when I think of working out, like I said, the the core stuff, the activation things that we're doing, the balance and, and this plyo stuff is not the workout. It is literally just like, to me, the resistance part is the buys, the tries, the back, the shoulders, the things that we're individualizing. I mean, even though we're doing some total body movements as well. Um, so so we kind of think of this and like, I always call it movement prep and prep. And I think you do too, don't you, Ken? Like, I mean, it's yeah. preparing yeah. you for you know, yeah. the good things in life. Warm up, movement prep. And I think our buddy Kyle Stahl once called it intelligent warm up. Oh, right. Wow. So when, well, again, with, when you have the intention, if I know what I'm going to lift today for my workout, right? If I know what my intention is for the workout, well, I can cater the warm up for the workout. And that's what makes it smart or a smart workouts, intelligent workout. 
uh, I'm sorry, smart warm up, intelligent warm up. That way I'm going to maximize the time that I spend doing all the heavy lifting, whether it's strength or power. What I do to set myself up for success is what we're calling the warm up. So if you can, if you can strategize what you're going to foam roll, what you're going to stretch, and then moving into what am I going to activate? How am I going to coordinate all this motion? And how am I going to get the nervous system to be able to react and fire as fast as I need it to react and fire? Then my body is in the best position possible for what's going to happen. So whether I'm going to bench press 315 pounds, squat 500 pounds, Dude. whatever. <laughs> Numbers keep going up. It's like I, I don't know. I'm just throwing out numbers. I'm, just, I'm not saying I'm doing it. I'm just saying. All right. I'm just yeah. getting you to visualize. Well, I know this. A but lot I'm just of weight. Anyone that's listening to you are going to be like, "Wow, you know, last week he only benched this. This week he's already gone up. So that flexibility work must be amazing." I, did. I didn't put a ceiling <laughs> on my capabilities, but I didn't put a bottom. I didn't put a floor to it either. Uh, so. Yeah. So if, if we're um, yeah. if we're looking at warm up, I mean, you can, I mean, wherever you are, the second you start to think about, okay, how, what does my body need for me right now, for me to do what I need to do, or for me to perform the way I need to perform, you know, first one of the first things you want to think about is, okay, you know, where where would I classify myself, A novice, beginner, somebody who's more intermediate. I can do a little bit more work than somebody who's just getting off of the couch or am I a higher level athlete competitor been exercising in the you know gym rat for the last 10 years and that's going to play some role into how you might approach this so Wendy when we talk about how we put together a core a balance and a reactive workout for somebody of well, people of different exercise backgrounds how would you categorize or what general ideas and concepts would you would you think somebody needs to know about how they can prepare their body? Well, I mean, again, flexibility is always going to be first. So check that one out if you missed it. But then once you've got the right muscles, you know, lengthened, then if you're like you said, sedentary, you're coming into the gym, you do have a lot of like, you know, movement impairments, meaning, you know, your feet go out, you have low back pain. So there's probably something not right in your hips, you know, your shoulders are forward or whatever it, it may be. Then at that point, I would actually be very specific and targeted. And so I would perform like core exercises that really don't require me to flex and, and, and extend my spine. So things like bridges for the glutes, planks for my, you know, for my core, um, you know, specific, um, you know, uh, scaption exercises and stuff like that to activate like the back of my shoulders or even rear delts if I know that I'm rounded forward. So something that's going to try to help with those imbalances, but I'm not really focused on, on flexing and extending. It's just very targeted and no motion there. And then once I'm done with that, I would go into the balance. And so I would have either myself or my client or whomever's out there that's listening to this and they're new, stand on one foot, think about good alignment. And if you're not sure what we mean, look in front of a mirror, look at your second and third toe and see if your kneecap can stay in line with your second and third toe while you're standing on that leg. And then you can do, you know, like try to just balance and hold that for 30 seconds or if you want to try the, you know, a minute or whatever. And then after that, do the plyos that we talked about, do a squat jump in place. There's no equipment required work on your landing, do, you know, anywhere from eight to 10 of those. 
and do that twice and then go work out and see if you see a difference in your workout, meaning that you feel like you're moving more freely. You're going to get better range of motion. And remember, with better range of motion is going to be better performance and outcome, which means you're going to look better. You're going to feel better because you're moving better. And then, you know, that, so then it's like you've got the people that work out, you know, so that would be your second group. Right. Um, so yeah. at that point, it would be a little bit different because I would feel like, you know, how to activate your core. So maybe it's really going into more, you know, ball crunches, very slow tempos, really trying to get the muscles to work and not build on mo off of momentum, some back extensions, some rotational exercises, and then single leg squats or things that are now going to challenge that stance leg where, where now I'm bending my knee. So, you know, really focusing on quad and glute, you know, making sure those are good. And then plyo, just speed right. it up, you know? So, and then of course power, just do all of that, but faster. <laughs> All of that, but faster. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we talked about with flexibility. This is more of your dynamic, right? Now, this yeah. is, you got momentum, you got speed, not that you're throwing things um, in the warm up, that is. But I think, um, you know, I think you described it really well. I mean, from what I'm gathering, what you're saying there is that we're slow and controlled in the beginning. Then we can get a little bit more movement, right? And be a little bit more intentional with our flexing and extending and our rotating and then we can start to move fast so as your ability to control your body improves so can the level of responsibility that we put onto the body to warm up with a little bit more vim and vigor i'll say right wow. so we go yeah little to no movement slow controlled moderate speed you know moderate ranges of motion under control and then ramping things up to ultimately be able to move faster again. Because again, when it comes to power-based workouts or even you're getting ready to run, compete, dynamic is the way to go when it comes to flexibility. And as well as now, if we're talking about core, we're throwing med balls, things like that, we're moving fast. But ultimately, when it comes to that higher level of warm-up and movement preparation, is that we want our nervous system be able to to be more active than anything else because at that level your muscles are fired up you're they're turned on okay if you're going to give maximum effort but we just want to make sure that the nervous system is really what's keyed up and ready to go so balance is fired up you're you're going to be able to be explosive and reactive when it comes to the workout that you're going to actually be doing so well, and that I, progression and is pretty good yeah. And I think it's also, you know, we keep talking about just doing your workout in the gym. Remember, this is also inclusive for cardio. And so if you're going to, you know, go for a run, then if you take a few minutes and foam roll and stretch, you know, the muscles that need to, and then you do some, you know, core work, some activation stuff, and then some balance stuff, and then add in some plyos where you're holding the landing and working on that. And then you go run. It is amazing how much lighter you feel and it's not so because right. I know for me, I just sometimes I feel like I weigh 9000 pounds when I'm trying to run. And then other days I'll wake up, I'll actually do what I need to do, which is prepare myself and then go for a run. I'm like, you know what? That really wasn't that bad. But it's the exact same you know, trail that I ran the day before or two days prior where I'm like, man, this thing was so hard. So, I mean, there's a lot of different factors that play into it. But if you notice that you feel heavy and you're not moving as freely, just try it. This isn't going to hurt anything. You're still yeah. going to, you know, know that you're just, like you said, slow it down, make sure it's intentional. 
So think about what muscle you're trying to target. And if you feel it somewhere else, it's probably, you're probably doing it wrong. So right. don't keep doing that, like figure out what's wrong and then do it correctly. And then, you know, and then go from there and, and just, I think it can make a huge, huge impact on your overall program. Plus from some of those guys or from some of you guys that have hit your plateau, maybe this is the extra little boost that you need because you're actually getting muscles to fire the way that they're supposed to. So then when you go and do your Monday chest day, your chest is actually, your pecs are actually in a better, better position to actually work more. So you're going to be able to lift more and then, you know, get the fluffy pillows that most men are searching for these days. Oh, <laughs> uh, the only fluffy pillow I'm looking for is the one I'm putting my head on. Um, <laughs> well, oh, okay. <laughs> hey. Anywho. So yeah, <laughs> do you have any departing words, final words for the day? I think, I mean, I think that just about summed it up. It's just, you know, look at what your body's going to do when, you, when you're going to lift or run or, you know, and you brought up a great point there at the end there, just bringing it up in, in the end. Um, it's not just about, it's not about, not just about what you're going to do in the gym. It's also about the cardio as well. Can't forget that. But I think overall, you know, if you're just responsible, you know what the body needs, give it what it needs in the beginning and then it'll work for you in the end i think that uh, that about sums up the warm-up so thanks wendy for sharing your insights and your experience when it comes to the importance of ramping up your warm-up well, so thank you. yeah well thank you everybody for listening to the random fit with uh miss wendy betts and myself ken miller if there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about banter about go back and forth on please let us know, just reach out to us. But uh, until then, if you like what we have, you know, go through our library, like, follow, subscribe, download. And um, until the next time, take care and be well.